Hey, Logan. Yeah. Have you ever thought of Santa as sexy? Oh, boy. I guess I haven't, but I I could be coerced. Why? Have you thought of Santa as being sexy? I haven't until very recently. Very recently? Why would happen very recently? You made me watch a movie. I did make you watch a movie. And it had a Santa who, let's just say, fucks? Guys, watch the movie and this Santa fucks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Quality Home Entertainment. It's the show where we watch things at home. It's a movie podcast, but we, uh, fuck it. Uh, my name is Logan Nielsen, and joining me, as always, is my co-host and, and Santa baby, Dustin Pixley. Hi, Dustin. Ho, 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 my friend. Ho, ho, ho to you. <laughs> it's a greeting. It is a greeting now. <laughs> How are you, my buddy? Oh, so good. Uh, we just recorded our, our last episode, Krampus, so we're already a couple, we're a little, we're a couple amped up. drinks deep, and uh, we're, we're full of the holiday spirit, um, but this is our... our uh, Second part of our our naughty and nice uh, Dustin and Logan gift each other movies <laughs> part. Um, I really appreciated the gift you gave me of Krampus. Very good movie. Um, I very clearly got you a present last minute. <laughs> yes, and it was obvious. Very obvious. <laughs> I Here's the thing. We, we watched The Christmas Chronicles. It is the movie on Netflix uh, where Kurt Russell... It's the movie where Kurt Russell plays Santa Claus. That's how I would define this movie. Hey, it's a, it's a Santa movie, but it's Kurt Russell, right? That's it. You've nailed every aspect of this movie. Chris Pliskin? Is there is there something there? <laughs> is, there is there something with that? Snake Kringle? Is there something, is there something with that? Chris Cash? Interesting. R.P. McCringle? <laughs> John Carpenter's The Kringle? Uh, but yeah, this is where uh, this is where uh, Kurt Russell uh, has fun playing Santa Claus, and it's a weirdly bitter movie. <laughs> yes, the undertones are. They're dark. There's a weird, there's a grim. There's a weird sadness a, to this movie. There's a weird sadness and bitterness to this movie throughout, which we will get into uh, once we get to that. But we watched The Christmas Chronicles. This is a movie I remember seeing when it first came out. Uh, a woman I was seeing at the time put on. When did this come out? I don't remember. 2018, I believe it okay. was. I, remember, I still lived in Chicago when it came out. Um, and the woman I was seeing at the time, she's like, she's like, I don't know, this is a new one. She put it on. I was like, okay. And then I got enamored by just the sheer bonkersness of the first like 40 minutes of this movie. Yes. Because there's some some sharp, dark turns that <laughs> happen. Almost this, immediately, yeah. Almost immediately. And uh, just be, it's, it, it just doesn't really fit your 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 typical holiday movie. No. So this movie has taken up a place in my head, and I've wanted us to watch it. I believe I pitched it last year, but we didn't do it because we were still doing some sharky stuff and maybe some other stuff like that. But so uh, you just saw an opportunity 
Now that we're not committed to shark stuff so much. Oh no, this was I mean I'm like, I'm making Dustin watch the Chris because <laughs> Chronicle. I'm making him watch it. There's just, there's big questions in this movie. There's, no, this is a great movie for our show. I think so. I yes. think that, that's and that's why I wanted to make you watch it. I know it's not as good of a gift as Krampus, because Krampus, you gave me a delightful movie that well, I, I just I've wanted you to watch that for a while. I know you've heard about and, it. And I've wanted to watch it for yeah. a while, you know. But uh this movie though, I knew you didn't really remember. And I thought it'd be really fun to make you watch. I had, do not remember you pitching this at all. I definitely, I've definitely in passing said like I want to make you watch. So I definitely pitched it last year. I know the first year we did the show we didn't because we were doing all like fish stuff. We did fish miss, but I know last year I'm like I really want to make him watch the <laughs> Christmas Chronicle. <laughs> I'm glad that I can make your Christmas dreams come true. You're a good friend, and I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> and. For the first half of this movie, I did enjoy. You text me being like, "I'm elements. into this movie," and I'm like, "I'm very glad you're into this movie because there's still more turns to come, my yes, dude." And you were not wrong because I cut it off right about there. Yeah. And, oh, then, oh, and you absolutely nailed it because by the time I got when I revisited, I was like, "All right, I'm not as into this as I was." We both watched this in pieces because I started it last night, and then I just I just got tired, and I'd seen it before, so I knew it was going. But I just I just got like sleepy, and I'm like, and I knew because I knew it was coming. I'm like. I'm not emotionally prepared for what I'm about to watch. So I because <laughs> there's definitely two movies in this movie. Yes. With an interlude. I'd say I'd say two movies and uh like five minutes of just other stuff happening between them. Yeah, weird things too. We'll we'll definitely get yeah, into it. The movie's that longer part. than it needs to be and the pacing is is all wrong. But uh we'll get we'll get into that. When we really dig into the movie, but uh, first off, how are you, my guy? I'm I'm just happy to be here. Uh, what do you got in front of you there? I, I gave you a little bottle. So I have a little shot of Bailey's, and it actually says Minis on it. It's little Bailey's Minis. Yeah, I just you know I was gonna get try to get us the Bailey's because they do like a peppermint one, and I'm like that's a good Christmasy. It drink. would be, but like around here, man, people in people in people in, in Uggs boots, uh, really, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People in Mason City sure love their lactose-infused booze. So. Fun thing, I just looked at the bottom. This is a product of Ireland. I didn't know they made it there. I guess I didn't realize that either, but so it does make sense. the I... whiskey we partook in, oh, in the yeah. last episode, also a product of Ireland. Oh, it's an Irish Christmas. It's an Irish Christmas. St. Nicholas. That's it. He's that's just, it? He's, that's a, saint. he's a saint. That's a Catholic thing. Uh, which I like in this movie too. He's like, he's like, I, I prefer Saint Nicholas or Saint Nick. I'm not technically a saint. And I'm like, that's a fun little thing. Of no, there was a lot of little fun things. There's little fun things. No, in this, this movie. movie is not a terrible movie. It just suffers from certain things. We'll we'll get into we'll it. But it's, it it's definitely not a good movie. But let's. Uh, we, I just we'll got a little Bailey's minis. We're gonna have a little Bailey's on the rocks here. Oh no. <laughs> Nope, just opened up. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting no, no cracking or anything. There's maybe the cracking there. It well, it put it took the little seal with it. You see, mine as well. <laughs> Not much pour sound. <laughs> this is our it's, least. It's, it's a very viscous liquid, so it makes sense. <laughs> this is our least audible pour. Yeah, it's nothing. You can hear the ice. That's it. Wow. Okay, but we got glasses, so that means we'll have an actual a clink. clinky. Oh, that's good. That's our first of the new show of an actual clink. I think. I like me a little Bailey's, you know. Yeah, I don't. I haven't had it in a I long time. I generally don't I'm, just drink it on the rocks, but it's it's good. I say, what what do you usually do it with? Well, if I ever do ever do Bailey's, it's usually an Irish Carbom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
that's it. That tends to be what I do too. I ever I used to do there was a, there was a stretch in either college or like right after college that I used to do just some we just get some Baileys and just have it on the rocks and it'd be like a pour like this like a little couple yeah. couple fingers of Baileys just like. I think it's too because it makes it so you don't drink a lot. You just have like it's almost like booze and dessert in one thing. You don't drink much, just something to little sip on that tastes good. It's like drinking a cake. <laughs> and I love drinking my cake. I like a good wet cake. <laughs> Listen, I'll drink my cake and have it too. <laughs> Sir, you're drunk. Get out. <laughs> Okay. Good night, All everyone. right, then. That's fair. That's fair. That's why I'm never invited to the Christmas concerts. No, sir. You're not invited because you don't have any children. <laughs> I could be a daddy. You don't know. None of you know me. Well, all right. Should we just dirt the movies? Yeah, I think we, we should just probably. I think, I think after that, we have to get into it. All right. Here we go. And now. Your feature presentation. We should make a video. Maybe we could get a shot of Santa Claus. You really have no clue, do you? Nobody's ever seen Santa Claus. Santa Claus? Live and in person. One night only. Can you go ho, ho, ho? I don't go ho, ho, ho. That's a myth. The Christmas Chronicles. 2018, directed by Clay Katis, who we mentioned in the last episode. He is the director of the new uh, Christmas story. What is, it's called a Christmas story Christmas, I think. Is it? I think that's what it's called. It's on HBO Max. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't either. I think I think it's called a Christmas story Christmas. Hmm. That yeah, maybe. Let me. I'll, I'll let's double. Probably, yeah, let's check. I'll click, click on his name and double check it. But I feel like it's it's something that bad. <laughs> I think it's that bodes really well for the movie. You know what I mean? A Christmas story Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm filled with confidence that it's going to be a really you good know, movie. I, but I did see the trailer and I was like, that looks all right. That looks like an okay sequel to it. Even though they've done, they've already done. They've a, done one. Yeah. They've done Christmas Story 2, which I want to say had Randy Quaid in it. No, 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 uh, not Randy Quaid, but um, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> No, fuck. I can't think of his name. Uh, Home Alone. Kevin McAllister? <laughs> yes, the fictional character Kevin <laughs> McAllister. No, he's one of the bandits. Not Joe Pesci, but Daniel Stern. Oh, Daniel, Daniel Stern. Stern. Yeah, doesn't well because he's he's a very good narrator, as we know from the Wonder Years. Ooh. But I don't think he's the narrator of that because he plays the dad. Oh, okay. He plays the dad now because they do they do a so there's. There's a Christmas Story two, which they made in the 2000s somewhere, which Daniel so Daniel Stern's the dad, and then some kid they got to be the kid. But they also did I want to say it's called like My American Summer or something like that. But that was a a further adaptation of Gene Shepard stories, who wrote the Christmas Story and was the narrator of a Christmas Story. He's the author of those stories. They adapted his stuff and they made it the Ralphie like his family doing like something in the summer and that had the dad was uh i think was john larroquette if i'm remembering no charles groden charles groden not john larroquette still don't charles know groden. you would i would it sounds familiar you would if you i do saw not have a mental picture in something no charles he was the dad in beethoven charles groden yes there it's in go. it's locked in 
Yes, there you go. Okay. Um, he's in Running Scared, which is a great movie. Yes. Anyway, yeah. See, yes. you know, come on, not the not the Paul Walker one. No, no, no. The 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 good one. <laughs> De Niro. De Niro and Charles yeah. Grodin. Yeah, that's a great movie. That maybe we should do that one. That could be, be fun. Tra- Running Scared you know would be okay. a good one. Speaking of okay, yeah. So now they're on a train. We should probably do planes, trains, and automobiles at that's some a, point. That's too. a good Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, we should do. It. I we feel should. Like this is still first act, kind of. We're supposed to get in the movie, but we're kind of really. doing. We're trying to do in first act tangents now. Yes, that would be that would be a good one. Uh, one I've never seen. Oh, now I can't think of the title. What's the the Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines one? What is that one fucking called? Oh, I've never I seen nothing. It, but it's, the, it's like a buddy cop movie. Oh, this is gonna bug me. Hold on. All right, to the Jugal Machine. Yeah. I've never actually seen it, but I've only ever heard great things about it. Oh, no, wait. No, sorry. That's Running Scared. Running Oh, hold on. We've... Midnight Run. Run Midnight Run is De Niro and Charles Grodin. Because that's where he's transporting. Because he's a bounty hunter? Yes, he is. And then there's some issue. Well, Charles Grodin was... He's a, a mob accountant. And then someone's hunting them as he's trying to he's trying to get him somewhere to collect the the fee or whatever. Yes, run. So that's midnight run. Yes, running scared is, is the, the one Billy you Crystal were thinking of Gregory with, yeah. Hines movie. There, it's a buddy cop movie. I think they're. I want to say they're New York cops. I've never seen that one, but I was just thinking like that would be another. It was just in that that milieu of that uh, you know that eighties kind of action comedy. That was happening. That that decade was great for all that stuff. You very know what I mean? very good for that. Um, you know, with your with your Beverly Hills cops. I was just and, thinking and that your your forty which, your forty eight hours is which was not written for Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, who was that written for? Fucking Steven Seagal, man. Oh, that's wouldn't that have right. been such a bad movie. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> it it would have been. been. We haven't. Is it, do we dabble with Steven Seagal at all in this show? We haven't really. Someday but, well, we, we have to. God, we gotta be choosy. Oh, I well, I don't think we can really get away from like any of his movies are either going to be racist, well, homophobic. I, well, but he also has a weird like respect everyone and treat nature right, but also he's like a giant bag of shit. Did you listen to uh, uh, the dollop? They did a three part series. Absolutely did. And then there's another one. Another podcast called Fraudsters. They did also did a three part. Really? Anytime someone covers him, they're like, "We." There's not enough time to cover how big of a piece of shit. He is. Yeah. <laughs> and like Fraudsters, their only thing was his like, um, just how he like basically steals other people, other races' culture, you know, and tries to incorporate Wait, into cultural his cultural appropriation. But also, he just lies about his own. He like says he went and trained with these people, but he didn't. He didn't do that. No, no. He just moved to Japan and then left his family there. <laughs> Right. He did. No, he did. No, I know. I know he did. You, yeah. he, no, that was me being reminded because yeah. <laughs> I had listened yeah. to the dollop one too. Um, yeah, uh, he made a lot of bad. Maybe we should like under siege is a is maybe. A, I think a, that would be that's that's at least a good early enough like bad action movie. Yeah, to you know what I mean, like where it's it's serviceable. Tommy Lee Jones is in it giving a Buck Wild performance. I think that would be yeah a nice uh, middle of the road one. That could be that could maybe be because I don't think he's really like do. doing you know I mean he's Steven Seagal but he's yeah. not trying to steal anyone else's culture in that one. He's just on a he's a chef. Yeah, he just he's just a guy in a boat who's got karate chops and people yeah. break some necks and what have you. Um, I'd be interested in doing like Beverly Hills Cop three because that was when they decided to try to make it a serious action movie. Yeah, 
which is a bold choice for the Beverly Hills Cop franchise. Because Eddie Murphy was like, I want to do this one serious. And we're like, but it's Beverly Hills Cop. It's a fun movie, though. Why Just be fun. Why now? Please, Eddie. Why make it not fun? And it's, and it's set in an amusement park. Yes. The, the, like, the final, a very unserious place. The final... <laughs> Exactly, a, a place where fun is had. Yeah. And we're gonna, we're gonna try to suck all the fun out of this movie. I'm gonna take a comedy franchise and take it to a fun place, but I want it to be very serious, please. Okay, why? Well, and then who's the uh, his partner in that? That's one. like it's... going to a Chuck E. Cheese to make a divorce drama. <laughs> Which I would watch. Saying that now, I would watch people try to have very serious conversation about their marriage and behind them is a man in a mouse suit <laughs> I'd, I'd watch that it'd be really fun it'd be a fun movie i'm gonna make that movie now <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like if you were a specialty doctor's office who dealt mm-hmm. in, in like serious cancers but you had to open your office in a dave and buster's <laughs> Like an old Dave and Buster's. So it's just too big and there's old machines around. Yeah, it's a fucking... Yeah, it's a fucking cancer treatment center and everyone's... You know, they sit there with the chairs getting... getting the, what's, I can't think of the word right now. What's the, the chemo? Chemo. The chemo therapy. And then there's someone next to you in a giant, uh, like... Like claw machine trying to get win prizes. <laughs> it's like yeah, they, they they converted like the old like the machines you can sit in. It's like just one of the chair. flight one of the flight simulators is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, it's it's like, like that. That's what Beverly Hills Cop Three is. <laughs> Uh, well all right let's get to the let's roll the feature presentation stinger again (laughs) now we're gonna actually do it and now your feature presentation we should make a video maybe we could get a shot of santa claus you really have no clue do you nobody's ever seen santa claus Live and in person. One night only. Can you go ho, ho, ho? I don't go ho, ho, ho. That's a myth. The Christmas Chronicles. <laughs> 2018. Directed by Clay Katis, who just directed the new Christmas stories. Christmas story. Whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, starring uh, Kurt Russell, Judah Lewis, Darby Camp, Lamorne Morris, Kimberly Williams, Paisley, and Oliver Hudson. Um, Netflix movie, still on Netflix. They made a second one. Did you say the second one too? So they made Christmas Chronicles 2. I think it was it came out in 2020. Directed by Chris Columbus, as in the, the man who discovered the Americas? <laughs> yes. The very same. No, the uh, the director of fucking Home Alone. And the first two Harry Potter movies, at like a, a a classic like family movie director, his last movie has been he's not dead, but I'm just saying his most recent movie is the Christmas Chronicles two. Interesting, because he directed he directed a lot of shit. And you was think like, he would have enough clout to do bigger projects? 
Or maybe he wanted to do this. I mean, I don't, you know, because his star has kind of, he used to be one of those, like, guys you would hire, like, for just, like, he, he, he has no real discernible style, and I don't mean this to be, like, insulting, but, like, he knows but he how to, was that guy for that particular yeah, style he, of movie. He, he knows how to just manage, like, a... Just a great, just family movie ass movie. He did. Uh, he directed Adventures in Babysitting, Heartbreak Hotel, Home Alone, uh, Only the Lonely, which I don't remember that one. Home Alone Two, Mrs. Doubtfire, Nine Months, Stepmom, Bicentennial Man, the first two Harry Potter's movies, and then this is where it starts to dip down a little bit. Christmas with the Cranks, or I guess he wrote that. He didn't even direct that. Um, he directed Rent, which made that movie look very boring. It was not the way to direct Rent. That was where I started being like, oh, Chris was not the guy for this. And I don't, I don't think like Rent is a perfect musical, but like, don't just do it like that. Um, and then I Love You, Beth Cooper, which is like a... Yes, Hayden Panettiere is in that one. There you go, and Paul yeah, yeah. Rust, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then he did the first Percy Jackson movie, and then he did Pixels, and then a five-year break from Pixels to The Christmas Chronicles hmm. 2. So I, I well, don't he's know. Def- he's definitely a man you can trust with the budget, and he'll deliver. Yeah. I don't know. He, he's, either, he's either made all the money he's needed to make, or people are like, Chris, you're not the guy we come to anymore. He I seemed, don't know. He seems like a director, too, that's not going to put up much fuss. As far Maybe. as like this is what we want. I mean, he's a, he's one of those great utilitarian directors. Just like I mean, like you know, if you look at something like Home Alone, yeah. it's not, he's not doing anything fancy. Well, that's he, what I mean. Like they hire just a great. He'll get it yeah. done. He's a good studio. He's director. not going to try to impose like his will. Exactly. Yeah, I'm shocked he hasn't done like a Marvel or anything. Like get him like they always they always grab these like indie directors who are making cool stuff. Like and then, get, and then they put them in a box too, which is like great. Someone like Chris Columbus who knows how to just make a big studio movie yeah. look like a good big studio movie. Why not do someone like that? Well, it, it is funny they hire these guys. Like you said, they get sometimes you get a little directors. bit of freedom. But then they also rarely though. Most time they put them in the box where they're not yeah. allowed to do things. Now make it look like a Marvel movie. Yeah. I mean, fuck it. We've been talking about with the Sam Raimi when we did uh, Doctor Strange. Like he got yeah. he got to do a couple scenes that were kind of Sam Raimi. Otherwise, the rest of it's like make it look like a Marvel movie. Which is funny. It's like we want your name attached, but why? Yeah. Most people go to Marvel movie. They're not like other than nerds like us. Like, oh shit, Sam Raimi's attached. I do want to see the this. Only reason I watched that movie is because yeah. Sam Raimi made it. And then I was like, eh, but you didn't do. But is that is there a big enough audience like us out there? Like. I mean, that movie, I think there was enough people to trick. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the case. You know? But, like, yeah, why not get someone like that to do... Like, have him fucking do an Ant-Man movie. Chris Columbus would be a great choice for that. He knows how to just make a big studio movie yeah, look like a Yeah, he can handle a budget. Yeah, He'll fucking. get it done. But anyway, he didn't direct this movie. He directed the second one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but The Christmas Chronicles, uh, like we said in the last episode, it's the one where Kurt Russell plays Santa Claus. And that's how you sell this movie what if kurt russell were santa yes and not just kurt russell when i watched this the vibe i got it was overboard kurt russell it was yeah. tango and cash kurt yeah. russell you know it, what i mean it's, it's great i mean here's the thing he's having fun in the movie yes kurt russell is it, having a good time it just feels like old school kurt it's hamming it, it up pure charisma kurt russell and that's what like draws you in that's the that's fun what kept of it. me in for that first half. The once he shows up, you'll be like, "Oh fuck, maybe this is gonna be really fun" because it's Kurt Russell having a fun time being a Kurt Russell-y character, right? And then the movie just kind of gets lost in its own 
not even lore, but like its own. I don't know, its own intention. I don't know. There, there's a, there's probably a good twenty minutes you could cut out of this movie, or at least just shorten some shit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It the, just, it just like, it, it, yeah, like you said, it gets lost, and then it yeah. realizes it's lost, and it's like, oh shit. Yeah. We need to finish this movie. But then instead it throws a whole other movie at you. Yeah. Then it's like, I guess we're going to introduce a bunch of new shit because we got to get out of here. But because like Santa's in jail for like f- like 20 minutes. Way too long. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It it, it gets a little lost. Um, oh boy, how do we start this one? How do we just, I guess just from the beginning. Just from the beginning, yeah. I guess. Uh, we got to set the stage for, for this our, one. For our base review, I guess. Do you recommend it? It's probably fun if you I'm have torn. kids. It could be an okay one if you have just yeah. Because I mean, it's there's but it's enough. Kind of grim. It's kind of a bitter movie. It is, but if they're young enough, they're not going to understand, and the visuals will keep them entertained. I think. Mm. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it does look good. I will say that this is a movie that could have looked worse. I can I. I. One of my first notes is this. At least looks like a movie. Because in my head, like when it's a, ne- a straight to Netflix holiday movie, this could have looked like shitty flat lighting. Just we shot this in a house and then we did some green screen stuff. Like this looks like a studio movie. Yeah, there's a lot of good, good special effects. Most of the effects are quite good. There's some that are a little. Janky, I don't know how you felt. I didn't. Enjoy, I did not enjoy the elves. Boy, we'll get to them. Okay. No, they're a nightmare. Yeah, okay. That <laughs> no, was the, a bad choice. No, once the elves show up over an hour into the movie. But that's also where that movie then tilts into the part where I stopped enjoying it. Yes, by that by that point, we're past the point of of my of like, interest. This is intriguing. This is kind of fun. Yeah. And then we it just tips into like... I think yeah. I'm done. It starts. It starts has this little ramp of being like, oh, okay, this is kind of like a different. It's like kind of dark. It's got some like real life element to it. And then Kurt Russell shows up, and I'm like, okay, he's actually having a fun time playing Santa. I, I like this kind yes. of. He he kept me very interested. Yeah, because he's kind of a. I don't know. He's kind of like a a a weary. He's like kind of worn out from being Santa. It's it's a job to him. Yeah. He still wants to do it and be good at it, but it's just like I've been doing this for so fucking long, and I just if I fuck up, shit happens, you know. Like, there's that whole thing, and then there's this dip. Once the characters like split up, the movie kind of falls that, apart for a bit. It gets boring. I got disinterested. There's a music number that sucks. Once the elves come in, and that's once you're past like I don't care anymore, and then elves are introduced and they're nightmare mogwise, and you're like, what is even happening? And then the movie, real quick, at the end, decides to pay off everything it's set up in the first 20 minutes. But it's been so long since we talked about any oh, of that shit. Yeah, and they sprint through that at the end. Yeah. It's just, yeah. No. So, I don't know. If you're, if you're I don't know, a, a grown-up wanting to watch a holiday movie, don't. If you don't, if you don't do it for a podcast, don't. <laughs> don't do it. If you have kids, I'm sure there's fun. I'm sure there's fun to be had in here. It's a little too long. This movie needs to be. It it's, is. It's like an hour 45. I think so. Little, needs to be a little, just a touch shorter. Cut cut a little something out. I think would help this movie a little bit. Go go a solid eighty eight. It's a good number. Yeah, yeah. For a movie like this, I think it'd be good. Really, really tighten her up. Don't don't overstay your welcome. Unlike this show. Uh, <laughs> so the movie starts with uh, home video footage of a family, the Pierces. Yes. Uh, the kids are Teddy and Katie. They're introduced. It's a home video, so like first they're introduced, like being born, like as new kids. Um, I forget the mom, but she's played by Kimberly 
Kimberly Williams Paisley. Is that her name? Because I know she's married to Brad Paisley, so I think Paisley must be. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I know her from. She used to be in. A, she was on According to Jim. She was the sister on According to Jim. If you ever saw that show, uh, I know what you're talking about. Never saw. I never really watched that uh, show. I'll give her credit in this movie. She has like three scenes. She's actually great in them, and she almost made me cry in the very last one. Yeah, she actually, she, uh, she actually broke my heart in the last fucking like. She's barely in this movie and has the biggest emotional impact. So I was like, fucking, you know what? Good on you. It's nice. <laughs> it is. It's pretty awesome when yeah, you can when an actor can go for it. Well, especially that part could it. have been a really easy like phoned in Hallmark performance. Yeah, but she she comes in swinging. So I I want to I want to tip my hat to her. For, for this because yeah. in, in the very last scene when she shows up at the very end I did get choked up with, oh, her, yeah. with no, her reaction uh, to something gotta I was, give credit do words yeah. Yeah. and then the dad in it is uh, Oliver Hudson which is weirdly Kurt Russell's like stepson it is yeah, Oliver and Kate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they're siblings, and they're. I guess, I guess, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn have never actually been married. But, no, but the but they've the been Hudson, together for. I mean, he he since he, the eighties. He raised those two. Yes, I mean he's yeah. their dad. Well, yeah, because they're they're estranged from their real dad. Yeah, I just know because like Kate Hudson posted something this year. Or he's whatever, a musician. But. I can't remember. Obviously, Hudson's his last name, but. Ricky, no, sure. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I don't, don't want to look into it. I, but, I, I um, yeah, I looked it up last night. But I don't remember. But like, but yeah, I, was, but I thought, Kurt, I thought it was, Kurt's their dad. I thought it was interesting that it was Oliver. Because once it started, I'm like, oh yeah, Oliver Hudson plays that dad. Because it's interesting because then the cold open of the video footage ends with him being fucking dead. My first note is dead dad. <laughs> this movie, and right away I was just like, I'm like a lot of, I'm like this feels like there's gonna be a turn to this, and then. It doesn't waste time because it then cuts to the little girl Katie watching it on her on the home camera, and she just goes, "I miss you, Dad." And I was like, "Oh God!" Yeah, they don't like they <laughs> don't pull no, any punches as far as the is, fact that this dad is dead. There is no uh, no soft way to put it. Sorry, Dad, dead. Movie starts, well, and then we find out later how he died, and it's not any better. Yeah, they tease like throughout like his demise, and then later I'm just like, "Oh my, oh my!" Don't tell me more. I mean, I guess we'll just say what it is. Like later, like the sun, and this is like an hour in the movie. He's like, I, he, why do you have to go into that burning building? I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ, we've already accepted he's gone. Don't give me more details. It's like they just want to keep slapping you in the face with this. I don't need this doing it this way. Don't don't torture me that way. Like I'm fine using it as an emotional thing, but then don't give me more details. I don't really need that. Does no, because at that point in the movie, it didn't service it. It just bummed me out. It's so dark. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. For a holiday movie, too. It's like... For a silly holiday movie. For, yeah, for a, it's supposed to be it's silly. It's a silly movie. But then there's this... But big, then there's this element where our dad died in a fire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because in the beginning, they never say how he died. And then later, uh, Teddy, the, Much the boy, later. promises on, on a picture of him. And it's like him in a uniform. But I couldn't tell if he was a firefighter or a cop. And I'm like, wait, how did he... <laughs> Die. In my notes, I had him as a cop too, because I couldn't tell either. It kind of looked like a cop uniform, but they, too. they didn't show it close enough to get like a look at it. And then later, like, why do you have to go into that building? I'm it's like, when they're oh, in front geez. of the church, right? When they reveal that, yeah, that he died in fire. I can't remember. Exactly I can't. Where. I think it is, but anyway, we'll get. But to it's that. like it's like, but large chunks of the movie away from details. So yeah. it's like slowly throughout the movie, they're like, and here's the true sadness of this man's demise, and it's like, <laughs> okay, we're with Santa and there's elves now, but. I okay. Yeah, if you if you need if you need to deliver this information, let's do it right away. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. It just yeah, seems it, it seems weird to to divulge these details later well, in the cause, movie because you'd be caught up in the Christmas stuff in the movies. Like, hey, by the way, remember there's a dead dad. And I'm like, yeah. why? Don't why? We Why'd re- you come back in? And we tell really me? need to circle back to the. It's like the you dead walked dad. in and just like slapped the sandwich right as I was about to bite it. Like, no, but also <laughs> dead dad. <laughs> but also dead dad. Like, oh Jesus, okay. Um, but uh, uh, so now it's it's the the three family members together: the mom, the two kids, Teddy and Katie. And uh, but things aren't great. Things aren't great because because the dad's been gone for a year now. I think I, they, they said did not make that very clear. I think they just said once or something, or or I think it's implied based on the dates on the videotapes. So like the last videotape was 2017, and now this is like Christmas 2018. Okay, so I think he's been gone for a year. Is how I, is how I took it. So like not this might be the first Christmas without him. But it, that would make sense. But they weren't super clear on that. Um, but now, uh, like, so the mom is working a lot now because she's trying to, she, you know, she's, yeah, she's she, a single she's, mom now. She's in the medical field, I think, is what we gathered, right? Yeah, I can't remember if she's a nurse or a doctor. They, they, she needed to come in for something yeah, at the hospital. Yeah, she had to cover for someone. It yeah. wasn't clear what her job fully was, but, like, so she's, she's working a lot now because she's a single mom, so... Understandable. Uh, Teddy's supposed to babysit his sister. Well, and what I, she's recording a video to Santa. She's recording a video to Santa because that's the big thing too. The video camera is a very large part of this because yes, yes. you know it's a, it's a keepsake for her. It reminds her of her dad. Yeah, and and then Teddy comes. Yeah, she, it starts with her watching it, and then she turns it on. She wants to then uh, record a message to Santa. Teddy comes up, and and first he's he's about to like tell her Santa's not real, but he stops himself. He does because he's still there's he's, a, there's this a good, is a, this this kind of goes back to our Krampus movie too. He's not like, he's a, not he's a not, monster. He's not a shithead brother yeah he's an okay brother he, he was gonna do it but he's like no no here's the thing the first 20 some minutes of this movie there's a good little movie in there it falls off the rails as it goes but i i like what it sets the, up because he's about to be like santa's not real. He stops himself and he goes videos don't you have to send a letter yeah santa reads letters you can't send a video and i like that that was like the save he made he's like no send something to santa just videos don't work and that pays off later too in the movie and then, uh, but and I also like this because then she follows him. He goes out with his friends. Teddy's stealing cars with his friends. <laughs> they they don't they uh, they don't make a lot of light of this situation. They, they they go very light on this that it's like he steals cars. Okay, straight up steals cars, and then it's like it's not it's not a very it's not a huge deal that yeah. he's stealing cars. Well, and then Christmas Eve, well, and and uh, Katie films him stealing a car. And so she's like, you have to do, oh, oh, because uh, then the mom is like, I. she gets called in. She's like, you have to stay here and watch your sister. And then Katie blackmails Teddy to like, like we're going to, I want to catch, oh, because she catches well, like Santa Claus's hand, hand in the back of a video uh, yes. that her mom and dad are in. And she's like, let's stay up and, and try to catch Santa. And he's like, I don't want to. And he's like, how about you do this? And I'll get rid of the footage of you stealing a car. And he's like, fucking fine. And I'm like, I like that. Good cause and effect forcing it, this It's a good scenario. reason for it to happen, yeah. And especially too when the mom is like, I got to go. And, 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 you know, Teddy's trying to leave. He's like, I'm going to go have a good time with my, you know, friends. And Katie's like, oh, you know, something about drinking beers or whatever. And I wrote, I, I, I like that he's an actual rebellious teen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's, he's, he's doing bad, bad things. things. He's going out with his friends. He's stealing cars. He's drinking, like... That's what actual, not all teens steal cars, but like, 
that's what actual rebellious teens do. Because, like, uh, to counterpoint, think of, like, the Santa Claus 2 where Charlie, the kid in that, his rebellion is spray painting about how the principal doesn't love Christmas enough. And that's how these movies usually handle that. It's they, like, they try to put a cute aspect to it, and it's yeah, not. It's, it's dumb. Yeah, some sort of like dumb prank or whatever, and they just like they're clearly a good kid, but they got caught. You know, where it's like no, like Teddy's like doing some he, shit. He's going down a bad path. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like that the movie's just kind of like no, like Teddy's gonna ruin his life. <laughs> yeah, if, if he, he go, continues, if he he's goes going down to this jail. path, he's gonna fuck up his life. Um, and then uh, she sees the, the footage of Santa's hand and then uh, is like, let's stay up and try to catch footage of Santa. And Teddy's reluctantly, because Teddy's been blackmailed into, <laughs> into doing it. He's like, I guess. So they set up a little room. They take a doorknob off. They have the camera ready. They got a little string with the bell system happening. Yeah, they got, a little they trap. got snacks. They have snacks. They got snacks. They got, they got a little trap set. And then it goes off. And then they they just miss footage of Santa, but they hear him on the roof. And then they go out and then immediately catch footage of the sleigh just floating in the street, like barely above street level. This Santa's not very secretive. No. And this will be a theme throughout the movie. No, no, he seems to be out in the open all the time. He seems to want to be caught. Like you said, I think he's sick of this. I think he wants to be done. I think he's kind of sick of it. Well, that'll be revealed more, but I think this Santa's a little over. He's been doing it for thousands of years, and I think he's over it. Um, This element's introduced where it's like, as he he just like kind of he just like fucking Matrix sprints across rooftops and just like turns into a little cloud of like pixel you pixie dust or whatever into chimneys and out um so there's a weird there's a weird magic but also just supreme athleticism to santa oh yeah (laughs) he's got a haul ass across rooftops listen santa trains hard in the off season yeah and he's fit and that's a runner in the movie because he hates that he's being portrayed as a fat man he hates it you look so different why because i'm not a big fat slob no, no, I didn't mean it that way. Oh, that's okay, Kate. I guess it's understandable. I mean, who can eat millions of cookies in one night and not get fat, right? Well, I can. I wonder if he used to be fat. Do you and think he, maybe? He, we'll get into that. Is this part of his transformation out of wanting to be Santa? I think he's trying to change his his how he's seen, the optics of Santa. I think he used to be a fat guy. Yeah. I mean, because think about it. If you're alive for thousands of years, you're going to have a fat period. You're going to. Listen, listen, bro. I'm living it right now, bro. I'm about to be 35. I'm in a fat period right now. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is like my second, my third, or my second or third fat I'm period. Easily in my, in my probably third. Right. It happens. So now imagine extend our life a thousand years. Oh man, I would be on my 70s fat period. There is going to be a point where I'm going to be 500 pounds if I'm in if I'm if I live to a thousand, and I eat cookies for my job. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think I and think milk, not yeah. That's not low calorie. It's not low cal at all. No. So that's I. I think I think this is a Santa that's. Uh, he's mad at how he looked last year. Yeah, and he wants to. He wants to buck that. He deleted those Facebook photos. You know, what I mean? he's having a mid immortal life. Crisis. I literally wrote down midlife crisis Santa. Yep. I wrote that down in this movie because this is a midlife crisis Santa. To get to that, 
they then they climb into the sleigh as he's as he's doing his presence, and then they take off, and then they surprise him for no reason. They didn't have to. No. But Katie decides to reach up and like grab his shoulder, well, which makes him freak the fuck out. Yes, and then I'm sorry, but this little girl will be traumatized for life because she falls out of the sleigh. And is hurtling to the ground through the air, and luckily Santa turns the sleigh around to go down, and they and they save her. But then, but you're not okay, and she is the reason that Santa Claus's sleigh crashes. Absolutely destroys the sleigh. The reindeer escape. Santa loses his hat and his bag, loses everything that's important to him for his job. But you know what? He's pretty cool about it. Weirdly, yeah. But they crash land in Chicago. The movie started in, in Massachusetts. Yes. I did like this aspect of it. This is like a portal to use. Yes, he creates like portals. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I like that. I think that's fun. No, I like that element, but it got confusing when he landed in Chicago and then he starts looking. He's like, we came over Moscow. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he looks over. He's like, no, it must be over Lakeshore Drive. And they're in Chicago. I'm like, but if you're coming from Massachusetts and you're going over Moscow, do they go all the way around the world? Because if you go from Massachusetts to Chicago, you're not going over Moscow. Absolutely so, not. So does that portal... You would go very, very north. Is there an express loop around the entire planet <laughs> that they went through in 30 seconds? Is it that good of a portal? Because at one point, too, they take off, and then he looks to his left, and they see the Sydney Opera House. I'm like, well, so then I don't think this works geographically. No, these wormholes do not work. Because if you left, if you were going... East to head to go over Moscow from Massachusetts, Sydney would never be on your left unless you go entirely around the world the other way. So that's where I'm like, man. And then later in the movie, when they're doing the United States, they zigzag all over that motherfucker in a way no, that does no not rhyme make sense. or reason. Anyway, uh, but they crash land in Chicago, and Chicago looks a lot like Toronto. Because it was filmed what? in Toronto, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. at a point they're like, it's on Michigan Avenue, and I'm, I, so I was looking out because I lived in Chicago for a long time, so I was really looking out for Chicago landmarks, and I was like, none of this looks like Chicago, and they looked it up and like, mm, none of this was filmed in Chicago. <laughs> well, it, this isn't Christopher Nolan, so they're not going to shoot in Chicago. Well, because especially I, I knew it was wrong right away because when he points out and he's like, it's over on Lakeshore Drive, and they're in like some sort of alley or some sort of lot, right, where the, the sleigh crashed. And then he points out, and then you see a road, and then what appears to be a lake, and then in the distance, uh, Willis Tower. And geographically, none of that makes sense. Because there is no lake there. If you're see if you're seeing Willis Tower at the end of a lake, it's Lake Michigan, which is impossible to see the other end of. Well, as we've discovered with our most recent movies, uh, geography is not a uh, priority in a lot of these movies. No, no, they, not they at tend all. to just make things up for yeah. the storyline. And this is a movie I've just been like, oh, you don't think I know what the United States looks like, huh? Okay, fair enough. Um, at one point, too, they're like, it's something on the corner of Naperville and another thing. And I'm like, I don't think Naperville's a street. Naperville's a, a suburb. There's a town called Naperville. I don't think there's a Naperville Avenue in Chicago. Um, anyway, anyway, this is just me. I lived in Chicago for a long time. So I, I, I catch these things when something's in Chicago and it doesn't. And especially when you say you're going to Michigan Avenue, one of the most famous stretches of fucking Chicago. And then none of it looks like when you have stores on either side, there's not stores on either side, only for a part in Michigan Avenue. There's a part where you've because otherwise most of Michigan Avenue is there's stores on one side and then there's fucking Millennium and Grant Park on the other side. So, it's, oh, it's so, there's, yeah. so there's not buildings on the other side until you get to northern 
Michigan Avenue. Once you get once you get once you get north of Randolph and Lake, you know what I mean? I do, yes. You I was, know. I was hoping you would bring you that know. up. Once you get across the bridge, then you start getting b- buildings on either side. But before that, duh, you got parks. Duh. Duh, everyone knows it. Man, you get the Art Institute, sure. There's that there. That's not a store. You can tell it's not a store. Is the Art Institute. <laughs> yes. That's how we do it in Chicago. Chicago. See, Chicago and say it Chicago, not Chicago. Everyone says Chicago. Chicago and say Chicago. Chicago. No. They do say the Bears. They do say the Bears. The Bears. Everything else is accurate except for how they say Chicago is Chicago. But then they do say car. Have I ever talked about the my favorite commercial in Chicago? No. There's a guy named Lou Cairo, and he he works for the GWC law firm, and it's one of those like if you've been yeah, you've yeah. been hurt in a car wreck, he has gotten rid of his Chicago accent except for one word, and it's the word car, and I love it because he goes, "Hi, I'm Lou Cairo. Have you ever been in a car wreck?" And it's just it's it's the way he says car is yes. beautiful. Because if you've been in a car wreck, yeah, I want to help you out. I'm Luke Carr. If you've been in a car wreck, my law for the GWC law firm can get you what you need for Listen, the damage you sustained in your car accident. We specialize in car wrecks. It's, <laughs> it makes me so happy just the way he says car. Car is a very Chicago thing. <laughs> They're in Chicago now. And then this Chicago, is where... The next sequence, I actually enjoy this one a lot when they go to that bar. The bar. The bar. <laughs> That's like there you go there you go someone's getting it and they go they go to Nick's bar yeah they go to Nick's bar Nick's bar I, he goes it, perfect and it says Nick's bar it, it was fun I had fun in this sequence I had I, here's the thing I enjoyed this too and this is where we this this segment though is where we set up the the fascinating premise to this because there's two things that we skipped over my most the the, the reason why I'm fascinated by this all right movie. let's back it back it up it's it's in the scene we just talked about. When they when they first land in Chicago, when they land in the the the, the parking lot, in that parking lot, in that parking lot, when they land there, and Santa's talking about how, and again, Kurt Russell, he's great. He is having a great time playing Santa. Oh, he's chewing he, up every fucking scene. He's having. He's doing exactly what was needed of him in this yeah. movie, and he's killing it. He's fun. I love the design of Santa, the grayish beard. I did too. I liked his suit. The leathery kind of jack overcoat yes. jacket. I no, I love the way Santa looks in this. And he rants about how he's like he's like he's like, Do I look fat? Do you fuck look at me? I'm not fucking fat anymore. And that's where you start getting like the bitterness of Santa. Um Oh, also I did I did skip over when uh when the girl jumps into the sleigh, she climbs up a uh telephone pole and then jumps over it, and I wrote down that's a real Nathan Drake jump. It's it real, was dude. it's a real uncharted <laughs> jump. But anyway, Santa rants about not being a big fat slob, and then they ask him, you know, they're like, they're like, well, what happens if you don't finish your run tonight? And he goes, "You don't want to know what happened the last time I couldn't make my rounds." Yes, we do. Tell us. You've heard of the Dark Ages? Read about all those wars in school? Yeah, sure, but wait, those happened because you missed Christmas? Christmas spirit is more powerful than you could ever imagine. People need Christmas to remind themselves of how good they can be. And here's what's fascinating to me. So this, and this is just because Santa didn't make his run. So the the Dark Ages. But he also says all those wars you learned about in school, which really implies like World War II, right? That would be one of the biggest global wars that has happened in our lifetime, or not in our lifetime, but in in modern civilization, modern history is World War II. 
right? Using that means Santa is to blame for the Holocaust. Yeah. And that is, when I saw this movie for the first time, that took my breath away. That this movie was basically saying anything really, really horrible that has happened in global history was caused by Santa Claus not finishing his run. Because he says it happened a couple times. All those wars you heard about in school. Which also, if it's all those wars, does that mean this motherfucker's missing it like constantly? Because a right. lot of wars have happened There's in been the world. Several. So, but I've been thinking just strictly on like global scale wars. You get in World War One, World War Two. These are Santa's fault. So Santa is to blame for the Holocaust. He is to blame for the invention of the atom bomb. He is to blame for trench warfare and shell shock. And <laughs> also, that's several years he missed in a row. What's going on, Santa? Is he to blame for Vietnam? When he says all those wars, what do you mean by all those wars? What wars? <laughs> I know this is like a dumb holiday movie, but what a bad throwaway line. No, that's my thing. That's my thing with this movie, is just saying that implies so much. And then he kind of, like, they kind of, there's a couple of moments in the movie they imply that maybe Doomsday will happen if he doesn't finish. They do, because in the jail, yeah, he predicts that more crime, more crime. will happen. Yeah. Christmas spirit is already down to 31%. The longer I stay in here, the lower it's going to go. And the lower it goes means that people are going to start acting cranky, depressed, angry. And that's when bad things start to happen, like a lot more crime. More than you've seen around here in a long time. And we're in Chicago, for goodness sake. Oh, yeah. I expect this station will be bursting at the seams come morning. Like Cats he, and dogs living together, mass hysteria. So can we also blame the L.A. riots on Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah. Was it because Santa didn't deliver presents? Did he miss that town? Is that why Rodney King got his ass beat? Is that why? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing. That, that just throwaway detail gives this movie... A thousand fathoms like, of depth. What a, what, what, a, what a paradox it creates. It creates too much to think about. When the first time I saw this, I was like, wait a minute. That is too much weight you threw at me in one throwaway line of, have you heard of the Dark Ages or all those wars? Because all those wars. Yes. Just stick with the Dark Ages. Yeah. Bad enough, but stick with that. Because also all those wars you've heard, in the, heard about in school. So the Civil War, the American Revolution, what wars are we talking about? Because especially too, he's like starting with the Dark Ages. After the Dark Ages, so many fucking wars have happened. Well, the just from the Dark Hundred Ages. Years War, the yeah. Crimean War, like so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this movie is basically saying every genocide that has ever happened was Santa's Excuse fault. Excuse me, is Santa Claus the god of war? Oh, is it a dual role? Is that what he does in oh. his off time? In mythology, he is like Ares. Yes. But just because he missed it, so he is he, the, the mythological but figure. I think he's all of them. He's Ares. He's Tyr. Oh, I like this. He is all the gods I of war. I like this. That is like that that fucking 20 second scene or that that 20 seconds of dialogue is why I find this why I find this movie so fucking fascinating. Because it implies so much but what a so much what a weird um shift to think about so yeah. the rest of the year 
He's creating war. And the one night of the year, he spreads joy. He's trying to make up for the war he creates. Yeah. This movie blames a lot on Santa. And that's the world they've created. <laughs> in, this, in one. In a silly children. In one line. That line carries so much weight. That line fucks up my whole day hearing <laughs> that line. That adds too much to think about. And that is the main reason why I wanted you to watch this movie. I, I, I remember you saying you had a reason. That was the and reason. And I now see what you were talking the about. The reason is that this movie implies that you every... Can, you can build... We could, we could set up a board with 50 red strings of different theories about that one line. And different events. Different yeah. events in history. Yes. That, that is what it is. I wanted you to watch this movie... Because the thing that fascinates me the most about this movie is the fact that this movie is saying everything horrible that has ever happened in history is because Santa Claus is like, it was kind of slow. <laughs> he kind of was slow doing his job. And he's so flippant about it, too, because he's like, he's like, eh, I've missed it a couple times. Have you heard about these most horrible things that have happened in human history. Yeah, you think... I did that. You think that would weigh on a person a little more. But it's also interesting because then if he is an immortal being, an immortal godlike being, it wouldn't mean a lot yeah, to him. Yeah, what does he care? It's a, it's, a, it's a blink in history for him. Yeah, so he's like, he's like, ah, dang. Well, the last time I missed it, like, millions died. <laughs> so... I should. I don't want to do it again because he gives up right away when he's like, "Oh, we're not gonna make it." Right. And the kids are like, "Hey, can you not?" Because it sounds like there's gonna be a fucking nuclear holocaust. So can you please do it? And he's like, I, "I've never cut it this close." And it's like, "Wow!" So that means a lot of the most ugliest events. You are in history, very comfortable with death. Exactly, because you would be as an immortal being. Right. Human life would mean nothing to you. Wow. And that's why I love this movie. <laughs> This movie is truly an onion that you just peel the layers. Back. It's a real, honestly, like this movie and Prometheus have very similar. <laughs> a godlike being who has decided they they have had enough of what they have created and what they have watched. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and it just it, it opens up more questions. What other beings Two. are out there? Yes, because he can't be the only one. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, who knows? I would love to see a weird universe movie with like the Easter Bunny, where he's some weird creature as well. Yeah, well, and they they do that in uh, one of the Santa Claus sequels. Yeah, I know Santa they Claus have like they have the other holiday animals. Yeah. It's like if that existed in this, then too. Yeah, what in would, this movie, what though? other what what global crimes? What other horrible would they, things? Yeah, did they cause? <laughs> would they be would be responsible for? Is the Easter Bunny Judas? Is. <laughs> Is Jack Frost when he's not frozen El Nino? <laughs> you know, if he's too far south. I like that. <laughs> anyway, that's a hard tangent that is well necessary. That but but it's like it's the reason I'm fascinated by this movie because that is such a oh. We can sprint past the rest because that alone. Yes, that yes. is such a heavy throwaway. That is that is. Isn't it hilarious? It was a throwaway, a throwaway, and they don't realize the way someone of that. wrote it. Yeah, they didn't realize. Thinking it'd be funny. But yeah, the idea of just saying like, "You ever heard of the Dark Ages?" and like saying that line by itself still would have been fine. Sure, it is the addition of 
and all those wars you've learned about in school. Yeah, he doesn't care at all. Yeah. So he's he's a I don't know where where his goldfish. We're ants to him. We're oh, nothing. Absolutely. No, he is a god. We're nothing to say. He is a god. He is a god. He is a god. He's a god and he is bored with us. He's bored with us in our our trivial needs and wants. Well, Be- and that is accentuated then when they go to Nick's bar, when they go there and he you know talks to the one lady. He does kind of walk in and he 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 sort of expects his servants and that's the thing to too. Him. As much as he's like pissed off that like they were gonna like film him, what he gives he blows his cover immediately, being like, "Hi, I'm Santa Claus." Here's and he starts Always. naming people in their wants. And then what does he do? He goes to the one guy who works the bar and makes fun of him because he got out of prison and like was it for aggravated assault and like really like dunks on him. So this Santa does like forgiveness does not come from this Santa Claus. No, if you have done anything bad, you are bad and you are evil and you deserve to be. To be made to feel bad. Which. This is an Old Testament Santa. Which also, <laughs> if you do not believe in Santa Claus, you must automatically be pushed to the naughty list. Wow. So now, <laughs> That's you, it. now you know why I picked now it. Now I understand. Now you understand. This is the actual gift I've given you. Yes. The enlightenment <laughs> is of. The, is the global political ramifications of Santa Claus in the Christmas Chronicles. Have I fucked up your day? <laughs> oh, I'm just blown away. I have so much to think about. Anyway, then they find the deer. <laughs> How do we continue? This thing, this is kind of, this is real. <laughs> okay, we got to talk about this. We took a quick break just to go to the bathroom, and then Jess was uh, upstairs. Well, just to take a moment to clear our heads. But, we, uh, but Jess was upstairs. She got home from work and talked to her for a second, and she brought up... An excellent theory. She really did throw something at us that I, I liked. I really like this because uh, we talked to her about the if Santa Claus is to blame for all the wars in the world situation, and she just said, "What if you combine it with the Tim Allen Santa Claus lore, where new Santas take over, and is every period of darkness and turmoil a new Santa learning how to do the job?" And I love that. It's it's amazing and sad at the same time to to to, to have to live with that <laughs> yeah. as the new Santa Claus. But it would inspire you to get good at it. It would. It would make you be like, "Fuck, I gotta figure this job out." So many people died. <laughs> or you wonder too if during the big wars, yeah. as the Santa said, like, did we go through a lot of Santas? Mmm. Like World War II was like five different Santas yes, who just in a row. couldn't, couldn't get hack it together. Oh, now I do think in this movie, I believe this Santa Claus, he says he didn't make his run, but that could imply is it the mantle? Is it like a 007 thing where yeah. we're not sure if it's all the same James Bond or is James Bond a moniker of those different James Bonds? You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's kind of cagey sometimes, but although there is continuity, but also not consistent continuity. You know, there's too many questions. We'll yeah. never get enough answers. No, but, but thing, it's fun to debate. It's fun to debate. It's the it's the fun thing about this movie. It's 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 the reason you brought one, it to this podcast. One line of dialogue is why I have remembered this movie for four years, and then wanted to make you watch it. Amazing, because that line of dialogue, and it's worth it. Listen, yes. it is worth it. I'm glad you enjoyed it because I was worried. I was worried you weren't going to enjoy the same depths that I <laughs> that I went to. 
in that one line of dialogue. Oh, it, it just it makes your mind just explode. It just adds, and so I'm much... having to 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 deal with all this in real time. Yes, I'm sorry I didn't give you. No, any that's insight. all right because it's better that way. Absolutely better that way. But now I have to sit with this, live with this. Luckily, Maybe we come back next year <laughs> to sort it all out. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Christmas Chronicles two, but we're not doing the second movie. Yeah, we're, we're actually just not doing the sequel again. We just still need to really sort out what Santa's role in the history of humanity is. Uh, I'm going to pull out a folder and be like, okay, here's what I really came up with. I have three pretty solid theories. You let me know which one you like the best. Oh, no. Christmas spirit's already down 35%. We need to get things back on track. Luckily, after that, some other Buckwild shit happens. It does. That we should get to now. Because we spent a lot of time on that first. <laughs> we did. So we we should we should try to sprint through. Yes. Um, Luckily, there's not a ton to talk about. The movie's pacing is all fucked. Yeah. From here on out, it takes too long, but not a ton. I mean, a lot happens, but not in the time it should take. It's you not know, important. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not important. Because then they decide to go to Lakeshore Drive in Toronto. <laughs> Because it's not Chicago. They drive down Michigan Avenue. I was watching it. I'm like, none of this is Michigan Avenue. I'm like, and I'm, my first thought was, I'm like, I bet this is in Canada. And I looked it up and it said it was shot in Toronto. I'm like, there you go. Because none of this is Chicago at all. Um, no. They find the reindeer yes. running down the street because they're, they're cool. on Lakeshore. We, we kind of. They steal a car. Yeah, they steal a car. From from a car thief. But and, it's okay because he's a car thief, which. Which is real. Uh, I don't know. That's real criminal logic. Yeah. That's like people who rob a bank and they're like, but it's the bank's it's money, insured. not the people's money. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's still, you're still a, a bad person. But they steal the car thief's car. And then the, and the guy at the bar who Santa's very mean to. Because I was just, I'm like, he's being a dick, this guy. Like, I, I, I get it. He's falling some tough times. Don't be a dick, Santa. But what if, what if he's trying to get his life together? Yeah, he's got a job in this bar, but then he was like, oh, you just stole a car. And I'm like, what? You know, reform is hard coming out of prison. You know, all studies show it's very hard to go back to a normal life after prison. Santa Claus, causer of World War II. Yeah. <laughs> Well, get off your fucking high horse. This guy stole a car. I mean, you caused genocide. I mean, high reindeer, but yeah, exactly. No, I know what you're saying. <laughs> um, They steal a car. Santa Claus fucks with it and makes a police scanner out of the radio using trash. And Just he's like, trash, I am yeah. a great uh, toy maker or whatever. He, he's I'm the like, greatest toy maker. Which I like that. He's a real, it's a MacGyver. He's a MacGyver. He just give him some tin foil and and a coat hanger and a, a air freshener is one of them in it, and then he makes a police scanner. And I'm like, I want to see that Santa Claus movie, the MacGyver Santa Claus movie, where he's so good with anything, he anything can, and everything. Yeah, he can make any tool to get out of any situation. I want to see that movie. Um, but then they go and they find the deer. And then he's like, Katie, you go wrangle the deer, little girl. This is a great job for you and safe. And then me and Teddy will lead the police on a car chase. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they needed a distraction. So they lead the police on a high-speed chase through downtown Toronto. <laughs> Sorry, Chicago. Chicago. Chicago, Sh- A Toronto. I like Chicago A, but I'm calling it Toronto. That's fair. That's fair. 
Sharanto Elitario. <laughs> Sorry, it's not Chicago. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not Chicago. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. I like that. Oops, all Toronto. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not Chicago. That's really good. Um, but they lead the police around, and then they just get arrested. Yes, they crash the car. And Santa is ready to reveal his identity to everyone he meets. Yes. And he's also very willing to just get arrested. Yeah, just gets arrested. Even though he has the power to not be arrested. It's weird because he almost is comfortable with failing. Almost like human life doesn't matter to him. <laughs> really? He's almost kind of, he's like Q from Star Trek. That is probably the best analogy of this Santa. This version of Santa is very much Q from Next Generation. He's just, he, he's fucking around and finding out. He's just, he's playing. He's yeah. playing with life and learning. You know, because especially, I mentioned. He remember, makes it very clear. Yeah. Things will go awry if yeah. he does not deliver these presents. He, but he does not seem to give a fuck. He, he has set the stakes and then chooses to continually ignore the stakes. Which is very interesting, and and honestly ties to the very the first versions of Q and Next Generation, where he kind of looks down upon humanity, yeah, and he just kind of fucks with Picard and the crew of the. He later learns to love them, and he kind of, that's kind of how he is with Teddy and Katie. He doesn't like them, and he's like, "You guys are gonna be the naughtiness for naughty list for fucking life. I yeah. hate you. You crashed my sleigh, even though they didn't. He did by panicking and and just his deer freaked the fuck out." Okay, I like this. I like this. Yeah, Santa is cute, and that fits into our whole like godlike mentality. He's a he's a very he's he is the mighty Q from next. Well, gen. he shows throughout and throughout that he has Q like abilities because he he's arrested and then stays arrested for a good chunk of the movie. Yes, and then he just he fucks with fucks with the one officer of being like you. I know what you want for Christmas, Lisa, your ex wife yeah. back. Call her. And he's like, I won't. He's like, call her. Yes. And then he never calls her. No. And Santa, Santa Q, bends reality. Santa Q? Santa Q's. <laughs> Santa Q's. <laughs> well, Santa Q's bends reality. Lisa calls our police officer. This thing, is he, is he controlling that? Or is that just, does he just know... The inevitability of what's going to happen uh, is he is he a Doctor Manhattan type thing where he just he can see all time happening. There again with this movie, there are eight thousand questions. We'll of, never get answers. A lot of questions. Th this is the most fascinating version of Santa Claus I've seen in a movie, but it doesn't answer any of the things it sets up. It sets up uh, such no because it has no idea it's setting up these questions. Yeah, because it's it, it's it's hiding in a kids movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but like you know, and there's already questions in like the Santa Claus, the Tim Allen movie, where there's you know power comes from accidentally murdering. <laughs> That's already pretty fascinating. <laughs> that if you kill a guy, <laughs> you gain his job and powers. That's already pretty interesting. This is a step beyond that. Whereas if you choose to not engage in your your workplace duties for a year, you could cause a, a decade yes. of chaos. You you have. You have a job that's one day out of the year, and you decide, <laughs> eh. Yeah. Eh. Uh, 
See, it's this conversation that makes me love this movie. Watching it, yes. I didn't have a lot no. of fun watching it. Um, but this, this movie com- is way more fun to talk about. It's than it super is to fun. Watch. This movie's super fun to talk about. It's kind of a drab because once he gets arrested, too, it's where it really becomes like kind of a bummer because they spent because there was a yeah, point where but he, this is also where we, his god powers are shown more than ever. But he also chooses not to use them half the time. It's interesting. He he like uses them a lot, but also not to their full extent. And oh, he's this, holding back. This is where... Is Santa Claus Loki, the god of mischief? See, instead of the god of war, is he a god of mischief? Because, because, when he's being interrogated by the one police officer, he like is magicking like all of his favorite toys from childhood in front of him. Just bringing that out. So like he has the ability to just manifest anything from his coat, right? And then they put him in the jail cell, and then he gives all the uh, his cellmates instruments and he's like I'm going to do a song now and then he starts a song and they sing a couple verses of a song and then there is a 5 minute break of a different scene 5 minutes I timed it and then it comes back and the song continues and it's a really bad scene it's a bad scene that breaks it up it's a bad christmas song as much as they're, they're very, I, I have a feeling they were trying to make Kurt Russell do like when he played Elvis for that TV movie that John Carpenter did. Kurt Russell played Elvis, okay, in a, a TV movie that John Carpenter directed. Interesting. And everything like Kurt Russell does because he does like no, Elvis he does, moves. He does. He does full he does on a Elvis lot moves. Of Elvis and I was movies. like, I felt like I, to me, I'm like, is this supposed to be a joke that he played Elvis and they're doing like an Elvisy thing? Or did they not think about that? I, that's the thing. Are they? I don't know. This whole movie is such an enigma. Yeah, but I don't feel like they were getting that meta. But maybe they were. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. In one line of dialogue, they implied that, <laughs> that Santa caused the Dark Ages, right? The, the, the dissolvement of the Roman Empire. So I don't know what this movie's intention is. I have no idea what this movie is trying to do. Um, but he, so while he's in jail, cause, cause when he has that scene with the, the police officer and he's like magicking stuff out of his coat, I realized at a point, I'm like, this scene is so long. There's no noise. Like there's no score. There's no, it's just a long, well, and there's log there's of a scene. Really no payoff. It could have been cut. No. So easily. For, for a brief part of this movie, that police officer is the main character and he's not in the movie that long. But like we really focus on him and him getting back together with Lisa, and it's like, okay, but that's not what we're trying to do with this movie. It would have been so easy to cut that out and just focus on the other officer who or, did see things, or tighten it up, tighten at, up a at least bit. at the very least, because yes. that that interrogation scene should have been like a minute, but it's like six minutes long of them really going through. And it's like just, I'm like just show him pulling the toys out, especially and move on. especially as an audience member, we know he's Santa. He doesn't have to prove to us. So watching him slowly and meticulously prove it to a guy who, at the end of the scene, doesn't believe him. I don't need this scene then. I don't fucking need this. Either convince him. If you if you don't, then make the scene quick and then smash cut. Boom, you're in a jail cell anyway. You're full of shit, Santa. Easy. That's what I want. Don't take no, a bunch they almost, of my time. They almost tease us with like, oh, he's going to believe him. It's how it feels. And it's like right. a slow buildup. And then, ah, you're going to stay in here till New Year's. I. Oh, okay. I'm glad we spent that time. 
And Santa Claus has this this watch that is counting down the 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 amount of Christmas, Christmas spirit, spirit in yeah. the world. And he's like, if it gets low enough, and he tells the officer, he's like, you will see, he's like, crime will increase tonight. So if Santa Claus doesn't make just, humanity inherently knows Christmas isn't happening, and they start rioting. Just bad things happen because Santa is, not, he hasn't even not made his run yet. He's close to not making yes. his run yet. Which, again, implies so much. It implies so much that so probably the 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 LA riots was probably Santa Claus almost not making that's his the run. thing yeah he probably still made his run but because he almost did it didn't, it didn't. Then, then then it happened yeah. yeah then some shit went down like so just just small small horrible moments of history <laughs> yes the incremental yeah. terrible things yeah 1964 he missed Dallas he just missed Dallas that year 63 but you're close. Oh, okay. yeah, you were close you're close but i know you mean <laughs> yeah he missed yeah, he didn't do texas at the end of he was 62. like i just don't have time for texas <laughs> the end of 62 he couldn't do all of texas he tried and then oopsie <laughs> uh-oh and you know what he said at home he's like i i couldn't have known he was gonna be there he, he pulled a real bird I couldn't have known. <laughs> it's weird to love a movie for one line of dialogue. And I, I do. This movie sucks. I love it for that line of dialogue because it has consumed my brain for four years. Well, we've barely been able to move on since then. No, we haven't. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's in jail. Boom. Uh, uh, Katie, she's with the deer and they she find, Teddy and Katie find the... A uh, Christmas sack, which turns out the Santa's uh, uh, sack of toys is not a sack of toys. It's a portal. Portal to his w- workshop. Now, here's a question. Is it a portal to the North Pole or does the North Pole exist within the bag? I wish we had time to really discuss this. Pick one. <laughs> well... Probably a portal, because when she goes in, first you crawl in. And it then feels it, like a portal. It seems to be a never-ending first like tunnel of just presence. And then she falls through... A vortex of presence, yeah, and, then, and then, fa- then she's in a workshop. She falls through the the ending of Interstellar, <laughs> is what she falls through. She falls through a, a, a tesseract of Christmas, and then lands in Santa's workshop, which may be in the North Pole. He has referenced the North Pole before, so maybe it is, or maybe it is a... And I think she references it later in the movie that she was in the North Pole. Well, she says it right then. She goes, I think I'm in the North Pole, yeah. but you know, but like, but like, uh, who knows what you think? Because yeah, also, this could be an alien dimension that is infested with these rat-like creatures. Because we meet elves, and these elves are fucking terrifying. I want you to take, take a mogwai. But make them awful. Yeah. And hard CGI. Give, give a Mogwai the intentions of a gremlin. Yeah. And then make it a cartoon. It's really, really bad. Make them a cartoon and then fill them with an urge to murder. Yes. Because then Teddy gets kidnapped by some vague criminals. Three thugs show yeah. up. And they're just like, you're coming with us and we're stealing this. Because they like, would totally... Why? 
not just take the bag and they kidnap just, a, a they teenager? Would, they would just kick his ass or stab him and then take the bag. Yeah. They wouldn't be like, you're coming with us to our warehouse that does have a recycling and compost bin out back. They're responsible. They're responsible gangsters. Re- responsible monsters. Uh, but they take him back and then like, and the one, the head of the gang is too like, if you guys waste my time again, he opens this big furnace. He's like, I'm done with you. And I'm like, what the fuck? What is this movie we've wandered into? We've wandered into fucking casino now. Like what is happening? It it makes no sense. And it doesn't belong. No. In this movie. It doesn't belong. And it's in the middle of Santa Claus's musical interlude. Right. They stop it. Hard stop. He is playing a song, and then it just cuts to Teddy being taken to this warehouse. No, I timed it. It was five. There is a five-minute break, and then it just goes back as if we didn't cut from that music number. But Teddy is held hostage in this this vague warehouse by fucking Ninja Turtles villains. The Foot. Yeah, the Foot Clan, basically. And then the elves come out of the sack and then beat the shit out of the gangsters. They chuck the leader into the compost. Into the compost bin. And then one of the, one of the elves has a chainsaw and is very excited about the idea of, of cutting murdering, Teddy's dick off. About killing Teddy. About oh, they want dis- to cut his dick off. They want to dismember him. Yeah. They, he, they want to full on dismember, like evil dead dismember him. He is so disappointed when we find out Teddy is with Kate. <laughs> He's with me. And then this elf spends the rest of the movie being very upset he can't murder someone with a chainsaw. This movie's fascinating. And then they decide, they're like, oh, the elves. And again, the elves just come out right away. Like, no one is even trying to not bloat their cover in this movie. Santa There's the, no secrecy. It seems like Santa and the elves every Christmas just come out and they're just like, hi, we're Santa and the elves. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it seems like every. Oh, holiday, you see me? No one's going to believe oh, you. Anyway, idiot. my elves are going to kill you, bitch. Like, that's how it feels like. It seems like that's what. This is their go to. And then. They then they decide to go save Santa, and they save Santa by just by then chainsaw well, elf cuts it, a hole. Well, we're we're we find out oh. that Santa needs his hat. He lost his hat, and they they created the teleport. idea that he needs his hat to do the teleporting thing. And so finally, the elf cuts his way into the ceiling as the one cop is rekindling the relationship with his ex-wife. This movie's fucking wild. It's so wild. And then Santa Claus disappears. Even though the the cop opens up the jail cell, and he's like, "You can go," and he's like, "I don't need to." I, he was like waiting for that for some reason. I do enjoy the other cop though, who saw the reindeer earlier in the scene. He was the only one to watch him fly away. Lamorne Morris has my favorite line in the movie. It, okay, where, so, he, where he just goes, he goes, "Who's crazy now?" <laughs> and I, he walks away. And he goes, "I, I quit." quit. Yes. I I died at that part I, as well. That one made me laugh really okay. hard. I was excited for that line. Yes. Um. And the reindeer just flew away. Who's crazy now? (laughs) I quit. 
We also forgot to mention one of the the people in the jail cell who is in the band is Stephen Van Zant from The Sopranos and yeah, uh, it is. And Bruce, he's, he's got long he's, hair. He's got long hair. He's not wearing his bandana. He gets but the uh, Epiphone guitar. Yeah. But it's Steven Van Zandt of the E Street Band and Sopranos, the man with the most baffling career in history. The most baffling and awesome career in music and television history. <laughs> He's just in there. He's just there. Well, I remember when I first saw the movie and it cut to him, I'm like, I'm like, uh oh. I remember I remember thinking, oh fuck, there's gonna be a song in here. I remember I remember thinking just that immediately. Because I saw Steven Van Zant and I'm like, something dumb's about to happen. Why would he be in this one scene? Something really dumb is about yeah, to happen. You don't happen. just throw him in. Uh and then they escape. And then Santa right away is just like, ah, oh, it's too late. He, he literally says, I lost track of time. Yes. We're not gonna make it. And he clearly just gives up. So which also he, he is preparing for World War Three. Which also implies that some of the biggest, darkest moments in history is because Santa got a lost little distracted. Track of time. Got a little distracted. I was oh fuck, I was doing something else. Shit. How many died? <laughs> like that's that's his role. Uh, and then the kids are just like, no, hey, can you not? Because we want to live to see another day. <laughs> and he's like, ah, fine. And he's like, he's like, I, I can move twice as fast if I'm not carrying my sack. So you throw me the toys or whatever. Which also, like, when they're doing it, it takes four times as long as it was when we saw Sam in the beginning just delivering toys by himself. Whatever. Uh, I want to bring up a character called Bing Bellamy. Because at one point when Katie is in... The North Pole. She's watching videos of kids that sent their videos to Santa. She also found a letter from Teddy. We skipped yes, that. Yes, we she skipped finds, that. She finds a letter. She's like, he wrote a letter this year, and it's a letter he wants to like see his dad again. Very sad. Um, but she's watching all these videos that kids sent to Santa, so videos do work. But there's one kid, the last one that shows, the kid just goes, I'm Bing Bellamy, and all I want for Christmas is a snowboard. And I just wrote it down because it made me happy. Later... When Santa and Katie and Teddy are delivering toys, they get a, a toy out. It's a snowboard. And they look at the book and they go, All right, this one's to... Ah! Bing Bellamy! Ah! Oh, good. The movie knew I loved Bing Bellamy. And they bring him a snowboard. Bing Bellamy is my favorite kid. The ballad <laughs> of Bing Bellamy. I love him. I'm glad he got a snowboard. I'm gl- he got his fucking snowboard. It's all he wanted. It's the He said, it's all I want for Christmas. It's is a, a snowboard. snowboard. I'm Bing Bellamy. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and then they... My last note is just Bing Bellamy. Is my last note on the page. Mine, they, mine fell off too at the end. There's, I, my, my interest fell off at the end. It's a front-loaded movie yes. of interest. The elves pique your interest because you're like, this is awful. This is terrifying. Because <laughs> the elves are... The, the elves seem like vermin. Yes. Not only that they look like shit, they're little rat monsters yes. that need to be exterminated. <laughs> they, they, they seem to be a, a, a plague on the North Well, and North they, Pole. They, they do speak their own language, we find out. They do. and I For some reason, Katie picks up on their language. She learns it. And here's the thing, too. I had uh, closed captioning on for the movie. So when they, As did I. When they speak in Elvish, it just shows you their it lines. Just says, so I don't know if you don't have closed captioning on if it shows you lines. But Oh, in, I guess I don't either, yeah. So I don't know, because it seems like they're responding sometimes. But otherwise, like they had full lines of dialogue that I didn't... Because, yeah, Santa also speaks Elvish. He speaks Elvish, yeah, yeah. It's And it, and El, it's very Swedish chef Elvish. It's very... Yeah. Blurred, blurred. It's no, very... It, it is not the um, well-thought-out... It's, um, it's not like a Tolkien language. Tolkien, it's yes, like, exactly. 
I knew that's where you were going. I knew you were going with Tolkien. You had it. It's not Elvish from Tolkien. It's 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 Swedish Chef. (laughs) Fruity booty booty booty. I like another candy cane. Yeah, it's very, it's very. I've got the human hands. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Ernest saves Christmas, and (laughs) they do. They deliver all the presents. They do. They get it done. um, I did like the moment where they're about to crash the sleigh into a uh, one of the. Chicago L trains that looked like they did actually get footage from the Chicago loop L trains, which I appreciate because I, I did recognize something. Like, I think they got some footage from there. That was not shot in Toronto, but they didn't have the actors there anyway, but they're about to crash the fucking sleigh into like the goddamn Brown line or something. And, and Santa's just like letting Teddy do it. And Teddy's like, please take over. And he's like, no, you've got it. But then they have the moment where he's like, he's like, why? He's like, why will you succeed? And he does and he says, like, because a Pierce always sees it through. That gave me a little heartwarming yes. moment. No, no, that that hits the feels. Because that was like a good little like, oh, that's like a, he's kind of gained a father figure. And yes. that, you know, and fathers and sons fuck me up in movies. So that's that was a whole thing. Uh but that like that moment I was like, I was like, oh, there's a good little moment in there. Uh, and then they deliver the rest of the toys. The elves come into the elves. The elves are a nightmare. Uh, but they they come back in the movie and they del- help deliver toys. And then when they finish, they get home, and uh, you know Santa's just like, "Hey, you you kids are all right." Yeah, finger guns or whatever. They have a little they have a little goodbye moment. Uh, and Teddy and Katie are friends. And then as they're there, then their mom shows up too. And th- this is the moment that about made me cry. Actually, oh, I this think is, I, I may have gotten a little misty at this part. This and this, I'm going to give all the credit to uh, Kimberly Williams Paisley or Kimberly Paisley Williams. I can't. I don't. What is it? I'm going I'm to give her. Let me hold. On, let me. Let me yeah, let's give her proper. Let me credit. give her her actual name because yes. she's barely in this movie, and she's aside from Kurt Russell, maybe she's, the most impactful. She's kind of an MVP. Kimberly Williams Paisley. It is because yeah, because she because she married Brad Paisley. So so that would that makes sense. That was the second name. Yeah. Um, but she shows up and she's like, she's like, were you guys just hugging? And they're like, oh yeah, whatever. She's like, let's go inside. And they goes in, and then she she walks in and sees the house fully decorated. Clearly, Santa did it. And but the, it's it's in the way the that way her she, late husband had always done it. And the way she says it, she just starts choking up. She goes, it's exactly how your dad did it. And like the way she delivered it, I, it broke my fucking heart. And I'm like, it's very good. It's I'm like that it, is it's, it's very real. It's a re- and it's a great example of an actor doing so much with very little. And it's like my my hat is off to her because I know she does a lot of like Hallmark movies. She doesn't get to do a lot, you know. She was on According to Jim, which was on for a while, and then she's done a lot of like Hallmark and like Lifetime shit. But I was like, you know what? There's a fucking great actress in there, and we need to put her in more stuff because she, with with like the fucking five lines she gets in this movie, she does the most with them. So I want to give her full fucking credit. Oh for no, that. she she's very believable throughout the whole movie because she is missing from the whole movie, and then she shows up for that last scene, and she broke my goddamn heart. But you remember? Her. <laughs> I remember. And she fucking devastated me, yeah. dude. I'd like wipe away a tear with that one line she gave. I'm like, this movie is nonsense, and I've been thinking about santa's effect on the global like you know conflict of the world and then kimberly williams paisley shows up and just goes it's like dad used to make it i'm like oh you poor lady <laughs> like that's fucking, that's good acting that is that's really good acting 
Um, well, if she can distract you from the elves, Holocaust Santa Claus, then yes. Holocaust Santa Claus. The Closicost. The Closicost. Holocaust. Holocaust. <laughs> Mm. We should stop. Mm. We should we should stop because we're we're not bad people, but it's it's just how this movie made us think. Yeah. Um we so don't then, we don't agree with Kanye West and anything he's been saying Jesus, lately. No. We, uh... There's one last scene though. So the letter that Teddy wrote is that he wanted to see his dad again, right? One last time, yes. Santa Claus gives him a gift says he does not have that power, but he gives so him an old Christmas ornament. Just, it's, a, it's a golden Christmas ornament. Yes. It's a shiny ornament. Right. He puts it on the tree, uh-huh. and then he kind of gets entranced, and he looks in and he sees the reflection of his father. Of his father. Now, I didn't get this moment, because he looks at it and he goes... I'm proud of you. Teddy says, I'm proud of you, and then his dad says back, and I'm proud of you. And I'm like, but why are you... So are you proud of your... I think it's because he's a hero. Because remember, he, he mentions, True. why would you go in for these strangers? And this is where... I wish there had been more time spent with that. Yeah. Because for a second, I'm like, wait, is, is does Teddy realize he can make his dad say this like to him? Like, is it being like... Is it like a mirror thing? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wish there had been a little more time of like realizing that. realizing that his father is a hero. The, the dead dad and all the trauma around it is so buried in this movie. That I wish it had a little. I wish that a, as much as it's weird to like start that movie so grim. I wish that had been more of a specter over the well, movie. If you're if you're gonna make it such an anchor point at the end of your movie, make you, it be an anchor point. You, you got to spend some more time on it. There you can't to, you you can't just like come in at the end of the movie and be like I'm proud of you. Because the only other time they check in, because you mentioned the church. There's one point in the middle where they're just in front of the church and they hear a hymn inside, and he's just like that's Dad's that's favorite dad's song. Favorite. But then they move on. I'm like, no, that's actually a great point to like take time. And th- reflect on your dad and all that stuff. Because that's what you would do at that point yeah. in the movie, too. And it's only been time. a year. You guys are still grieving. And we need to we yes. need to hear more about this. This, it, this might be the first Christmas without him. That's a big fucking deal. Yeah. And like I and it, it yeah. is glossed over. It's glossed over for as much as the first chunk of this movie is so kind of bitter and in that sadness, the rest of the movie tries to pretend like it's not about that. Yeah. And it's like, no, like if that's your if that's your premise and that's your setup, then use that setup because a lot of people feel that. There's a lot of people who are like going through that at Christmas, missing a family member and well, stuff like that. And like this movie did it it it, it, it tabled this whole their yeah. father dying until yeah. the very end, and it sprinted right through it. Exactly, it set it you up. Have, you have Santa being like, "Your dad's proud of you, Teddy." Yeah, and it's just it is rushed. It was That's way like, too it, rushed. It like, it like set up a father figure, but he's not a father figure. Then he also gets like a reunion with his father, which isn't a reunion with his father. It's like I don't know. I I think there could have been something really good and and honestly useful there because. For a lot of people, the holidays are hard because of that, because of missing family members. If you would have made that the theme of your movie, I think you could have had like a real fucking heart wrenching, like good movie in there. Yeah, just having Santa remind you of the good times and then yeah. getting you through it. Yeah. But they just they just decided, nah. They're just like, yeah, your dad's dead, but let's not talk about that for a while. Do you see these fucking elves? <laughs> right. <laughs> like that's like, kind of weird. Uh, and then Santa Claus is at uh, the North Pole, and Mrs. Claus comes in, played by Goldie Hawn, a great, a great little cameo. I, I knew it. 
You knew it. We all fucking. I mean, knew I've it. already seen it, but even when I saw it too, when I saw like the well, feet the first it, time, and you knew I it the first time because they didn't show her face right, and I, I literally thought I'm like it'd be That's great. Goldie I'm Hunt. like it'd be great if it was Goldie Hawn, and she turns, I'm like, that's eh, fucking Goldie Hawn, yeah. and I think she plays more of a part in the second one. She's in the second oh, one too. Okay. But I was like, ah, oh, that's fun. It's Goldie Hawn. That's good. You know, the two of them been together for fucking forever, and they make yeah. a gag about being together forever, and you know that kind of shit, and. You know, and th- th- and that's why I do think the Elvis shit was like playing off of when he I, played yes. Elvis in the John Carpenter TV I movie. Agree. I'm like, I think it was. There's a weird thing this movie. This movie's trying to be meta about the fact hey, that Kurt Russell is playing Santa. Fuck it, you see Kurt Russell playing Santa, but <laughs> yes. then like it doesn't want to commit to that enough. But anyway, uh, the Christmas Chronicles is bonkers. <laughs> Yes. It's a strange little movie. It is. That ex- I haven't seen the second one yet. I don't know if I uh, want to. I think it has the kid from Deadpool in it. Deadpool 2. Okay. I think that kid's in it. He's kind of, he's kind of, um, he's hot. Is he? Is he anything else? I yeah, he was in a movie else. with Sam Neill. Well, no, that was bef- that was pre-Deadpool 2. Oh, was it? Yeah, that's uh, A Hunt for the Wilder People, which is an excellent movie. Well, that's what I mean. So he's... A Taika Waititi movie. I figured. It's great. It's great. Uh yeah, uh, and he's excellent at it. But yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna recommend it. Not for adults, <laughs> unless you want these questions. <laughs> yeah, if you were genuinely curious, sure. I would love to know if if kids like this movie. That yeah. the movie did well when it came out. It was streamed. I think they said it was streamed by like 20 million people or something like that. Like. You know, but Netflix doesn't report like the money, but I think it just said like a lot of people watched it and they made a second one too, you know. So I don't know. I don't know. I'd be curious if kids liked it. Uh, the first half is really interesting. Yes. Uh, and then it really falls off. It for does me. fall I get, apart. I get bored and then it gets real dumb and stops being interesting to me. It's a bitter movie. It's bitter and I wish it would have decided if it wanted to be bitter or not. You know what I mean? I like the because like I, I like no, that. It's I love the idea of a bitter Santa, but it didn't really want. And then also too, he really he didn't need his hat for magic. Remember? No, they committed to nothing. So he also was just fucking with these kids, which makes no sense. You were gonna risk World War Three, yeah, which to then fuck was, with some kids, and then was like, was that a lie? <laughs> yeah. Which then again creates like, is he fucking a god of mischief? At no point in this does Santa come off as just like a good dude. <laughs> He's he is an agent of chaos. Stay tuned for maybe a, <laughs> a follow up a follow up breakdown because there's too much right now. We we're, might have to watch. We have to watch this thing again and really do the game tape on it. We are way over time. We gotta end this. Show we yet. have to. And there's too many questions still that I I don't even want to. My head hurts, man. <laughs> too much. Too much. That's fair. That's fair. No, uh, I love a dumb movie that brings heavy questions. I it's one of my favorite genres of movie is is ba- is baffling nonsense is is one of my favorite genres. Um, so we're done. We're done, right? We, we have to be. We have to be done. Uh, is this our last of the year? There might be another one of the year. We don't really sure what well, the release. I've- schedule is here we're not sure um but uh, we hope you have a good holiday season whatever you celebrate yes whatever it is whether it's christmas or or hanukkah or or kwanzaa or are there more 
maybe. Who knows? Probably. And I, whatever it is, I hope you have a great time. Or if you don't celebrate any of them, fucking, I hope you just do. Do you do what you want to do? Because that's one of the best. If you got nothing to do with anybody, and you're just like, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna sit in my house. I'm gonna put on a TV show or play a video game I like, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna. Isn't that God, the I wish I could do that. My favorite fucking New Year's times I've ever had is when I just, I don't nothing. go anywhere. And I'm, my fa- I've, I've said this on our podcast. My favorite New Year's I ever had was when I tried to go to a friend's house but it was too snowy and I had to drive to the suburbs of Chicago so I didn't go because it was too fucking snowy so I stayed home and I played the first Last of Us game. Yes, of course that was the best experience of your life. And that's how we started the last Christmas episode. This is a little little bow but it's like I, I hadn't played it. I had wanted it and someone got it to me for Christmas, and I was just like, well, I'm like, well, you know, I can't go anywhere for New Year's. I'm just going to stay home. I'm going to have a, a Jack and Coke and play this new video game. And, and my, your and life has never been the same. My dog was asleep to me, asleep next to me on the couch, and I just played Last of Us, and I had a wonderful evening. So, listen, if you don't celebrate anything, fucking my hat's off to you. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm, I'm weirdly jealous. <laughs> As am I. <laughs> Uh, well, that's going to do it for this one. Thanks for listening to one or both of our, our naughty and nice holiday nonsense spectacular. Uh, any closing thoughts, Dustin, leading into the, the, the holiday and the end of the year? No, I think I've, I've run out of thoughts because this episode caused too many. This episode took all your thoughts? It did. They're gone. <laughs> I'm drained. Dustin's maxed out on thoughts. Yes. Um well, then, for Dustin Pixley, I'm Logan Nielsen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Quality Home Entertainment. Uh, happy holidays and happy new year. And we're going to see you with some more nonsense soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.